Hey everybody, welcome to episode 56 of The Next Report, where we talk about uh, Unix and Overlook pop culture. Once again, um, I'm Thomas. And I'm and Stephen Tompkins. Woohoo! Um, tomorrow is going to be uh, kind of an a online activist type of thing called um, Internet Slowdown. And it's it's coming on the horizon of the end of the comment, public commenting period regarding the FCC's proposed uh, net neutrality rules. And the controversy in that lies in some of its language that, in theory, would allow companies to, you know, specifically ISPs, to create what's uh, called a quote-unquote fast lane. And there's concerns over that. Um, and you, you, you brought up the idea of, of the topic to me based on one of your classes. Um, what specifically were you discussing regarding net neutrality? We, we hadn't actually discussed anything yet. It was just a, a topic that was brought up at the beginning of the semester between, uh, I think, one of my classes and then uh, the group that I'm uh, joining. And uh, I have a meeting with that group tomorrow. It's the uh, ACM uh, Association of Computing Machinery. And that's one of the other things that they were thinking about talking about in a future meeting, is seeing what everybody else felt about, uh, about net neutrality and everything else. So that's, that's an upcoming thing that I'm going to be uh, going to. Uh, nothing has been brought up yet. However, I, I see it as being a more, more and more pressing issue, especially with the start of what I, what I think was probably the biggest push for, for the start of it last year when, uh, uh, what was it, SOPA, when they were trying to pass a bill. SOPA, PIPA, which uh, yeah. specifically, which the big problem with that is it's specifically par targeted domain names. Um, and it wouldn't stop the actual actions of piracy because all, all the people would have to do would be, well, here's the IP address of the page instead, and bam, among other things. And it's just – but there was – there's this whole thing about, you know, whether – the internet itself can be ISPs can be treated as, you know, utility companies similar to how the phone company was treated in the 30s, through today, and then there's there's the debate, you know, there's the whole debate of free markets um, versus fairness for all and what have you. But what is what is net neutrality? The idea behind it. Um, it's the idea that no matter what kind of traffic comes through, say you're watching a video or you're just looking something up or you're just in a chat room, all traffic is treated the same. There's no slowing down um, and what have you. And, and companies like Comcast have been caught doing that with things like BitTorrent among other things, slowing people down or um, causing uh, problems with traffic in the first place. 
Uh, does that sound about right to you? Yeah. Um, I've, I've experienced issues with my own ISP. Um, and occasionally I will download, like if I'm going to download a new Linux distribution to try out in a virtual machine or something, I tend to use a torrent and a BitTorrent uh, client rather than downloading directly through HTTP or any other means, mostly because you can get some benefits of sharing downloads, downloading from multiple locations to piece things together a little bit quicker. And the problem with some ISPs, including mine, they will either slow you down, down, like this uh, net neutrality idea of blocking whatever this uh, fast lane is supposed to be coming up. Uh, they'll either slow you down or they'll block you off completely. I've had them just shut down that traffic completely. And it kind of pissed me off, <laughs> to put it very frank. Um, ha have you have you tried calling this ISP out on it and saying, look, I'm not doing anything illegal with this. This is something that's being given away for free? No, I haven't. Only because I haven't had it happen very frequently. It's only happened a very uh, couple of specific times, and this has been probably a couple of years ago. I know when I was uh, staying in the dorms in Sedalia, when I was going to school in uh, State Fair Community College, uh, the let's see, it was the, I think it was the second year that I was there in the dorms. They decided to upgrade the internet, uh, the network there, and instead of using the uh, network that the uh, college provided, it was the entire campus. We were on a separate network directly from Charter, which allowed us to have faster speeds and everything else, and not have to worry about all the other students that were there on campus, which would cut off like maybe. 120 students out of the entire student body, which would have special uh, special internet, which I thought was great, especially since we're there all the time, unless those of us who had uh, jobs or were involved in other groups and not always at the dorms. But when you were at the dorms, you had good internet speed. They provided us with modems and everything else. And even with all these benefits of having faster speeds from Charter and everything else, still had the problem with the BitTorrent. Um, uh, P2P file transfers, they, they'd either slow down or block it off completely. And uh, the uh, director of the building kept getting emails and uh, paper snail mail from the company saying that something illegal was going on when in reality it was just us downloading stuff for uh, school or whatever else using BitTorrent instead of anything else. So, so, ba so, so basically, and the idea is instead of instead of upgrading their networks and everything else, they're try, trying to blame it on illegal activity that was not taking place. Which it it's, it sounds like things are getting a little bit better with various ISPs. Um, Right, right before, of course, I leave Warrensburg and move move to um, a different setting where DSL is the best option available, Charter decides we're going to double our speeds for free, <laughs> or available speeds for free, and and personally, I don't think something like that would have happened were it not for Google Fiber appearing in Kansas City. Because shortly after you saw that take place, 
all of a sudden ISP started increasing their capacity a little bit. And a lot of them, a lot of them will not come out and admit they're trying to compete with Google to a point. It, instead, it's oh, Charter's trying to compete with AT and T's Uverse by expanding their network out, or or what have you. Um, you know, based on conversations I had with somebody who who works for Charter, telling me that they're expanding their network and they'll eventually be gobbling up the smaller towns again which we'll see if that happens it'll get interesting if it does but um, like what are your thoughts on net neutrality how do you how do you feel about the idea of net neutrality and how to actually achieve that end personally I, I feel that it's a good thing I, it's not something that we should stick here since since the uh, advent of the internet, nobody's had to have have to worry about having prior prioritization of traffic and anything like that. Now locally, I know there are things coming out for like your routers and stuff like that. Asus, uh, for, like if you get a new brand new wireless AC router, you can prioritize your own network traffic. That way, your game like if you're playing a video game. You're doing online gaming or something like that. That traffic was sent from your specific network first, so that way it's benefiting you. But for for users that are on an entire uh, WAN network, wide area network, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's just a bunch of LANs connected together. Is basically the internet. Uh, for so basically for the internet, for every other user, it doesn't affect them. It doesn't harm them. However, if net neutrality or the idea of net neutrality were to be ignored and ISPs and other companies and everything else are focusing on, or the ISPs are focusing on only allowing certain traffic through blocking off other traffic to make sure that this other specific traffic can go through the network first, it's going to cause problems for a lot of people. Especially if somebody wants to, like if somebody wants to watch a YouTube video or something like that, or if a student is trying to research stuff for their homework, what if that traffic is blocked just because the government wants to find out something about some random guy in the middle of nowhere? Right. And and one one of the one of the big things that people complain about is you have South Korea whose speeds you know put ours to absolute shame overall. To where it's just like entire ISOs can be downloaded in, ma in a matter of seconds, whereas here it's only in a limited way. And uh, you know, Google becoming an ISP in and of itself, if memory serves, was mainly to shame other companies into increasing their capacity um, and all of that. And now all of a sudden you have people um, upping their speeds. And one of the big arguments is, well, competition. There's a lack of competition. Um, there, and everything else. And people just want to be able to do their do their things online without being limited. And that's why... 
that kind of went out of order for a second, but that's all right. That's why websites like Pornhub, of all places, yes, Pornhub is actually doing this, along along with the Electronic Frontier Foundation and uh, Demand Progress, Fight for the Future, um, Etsy, Reddit, Mozilla are also in on this. Tomorrow, this Wednesday, we're recording today on Tuesday, there's going to be this whole slow down the internet. It's going to be a... And what you would see is um, a little banner that says protect protect net neutrality, um, internet freedom, defend net neutrality, and all of that. And the idea behind that is to raise awareness of these new rules. And what would wind up happening is it, it'll the banner will link to to the EFF's website there, where you can submit comments to the FCC regarding this issue. Um, I I'm not sure how I feel about net neutrality as it stands or the concept as people are trying to implement it myself because I, I'm along with with certain other other people of certain persuasions of do you really want to rely on some of the same people who are involved in wiretapping without warrants among other things to have something like this in place because the concept of it I, I like the idea of information flowing freely um, and and what and whatnot and when you have when you have people like Tom Wheeler who have been in other uh, industries you have you have this whole whole corporate um, revolving door, so to speak. And, that, and the FCC is not the only government agency that has this issue. It's other agencies, too. So, and New York Times, among others, um, is pointing this out. Um, he was the chief of the National Cable Television Association for five years, and Cellular Telecommunications and Internet Association for 12 years before becoming a venture capitalist. And the idea is he understands this industry, but would he be able to act independently and fairly regarding you know prices for cell phone, cable TV, and broadband services? So... The, that's the big, big question that I'm kind of asking. Like, what do you think the solution for net neutrality is? What, what, what do you think is the best way to go about it? I feel like, well, Google's probably taken a good, a good approach so far, based on uh, the uh, their idea of Google Fiber. They've forced other ISPs like Charter 
and uh, various other place, uh, ISPs across the uh, United States to start ramping up their internet speed, which is going to allow information to travel faster. So if, if you do that, then if there's no network prioritization, then you wouldn't have to worry about what's going through. It's just going to get there, and it's going to get there quicker. And for now, I think that's probably the first step that we should take. That there, there, should not, there shouldn't be any organization or prioritization of traffic at all because the information should be allowed to flow freely. So as long as ISPs and um, other companies keep trying to tr find ways of allowing the information to travel faster through your own network or through the, the ex external network, I think that will probably be the best step to take. All right. So, in other words, more competition for sure. Yes. And and this is um, position that, to a point, um, where are we? That uh, Eric S. Raymond. Um, are you? F I'm assuming you're familiar with the name since you've. He, he was one of the big people when open source was the phrase was coined. He was among the first people to be a spokesperson for it, and on, on his blog. People asked what his what his, um, his his position on it was. On the one hand, he didn't like the idea that telephone companies were lying, saying, "Hey, if we had enough capital, we'll improve these networks." And um, th basically, saying that they've profited off of monopoly of you know acting as monopolies and what have you and how they bribe legislators buying regulators on the other hand on the other hand he also asked the question of do you want to go to the same regulators that are married to the same corporate people He, he's proposing a ground-up solution, specifically something called UWB. Um, so, um, are you familiar with, with that? Yes. Um, what is UWB? UWB? Regarding network. Ultra wide, oh, ultra wide band. It's it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just a uh, another. Okay, yeah, I think so. Yeah, basically, what it is, it's going to be like uh, kind of like Intel or not Intel, but they tried to implement this thing called WiMAX, which was supposed to be like a uh, metropolitan area, area wide. Uh, Wi-Fi network, but it was for like your phones and stuff, and I'm pretty sure that's led up to this, which is a. Uh, it says that uh, China has one that runs at 24 gigahertz. Oh that's my. the radio frequency, and the uh, to compare that to your standard uh, 
wireless router that's in your home. Your your standard wireless in router, which is very popular, and pretty cheap now, uh, runs from 2.4 gigahertz or two or five gigahertz, and some of them can operate at both frequencies if you have a dual band router, which will allow you to have faster speeds, but with a five gigahertz band, you lose some range. So I've seen some other things like some other bands for, uh, let me see, what was this place? Oh, no, the Federal uh, Communications Commission, the FCC, is uh, something about unlicensed use in the frequency, frequency range of 3.1 to 10 gigahertz. It's part of the regulation. So I think it's supposed to run lower or higher than that. So it's not and saying much on Wikipedia. <laughs> so but what, what he's arguing is people setting up more mesh networking and basically walking around the ISPs in a sense, which is an interesting idea, um, and what have you. And... And it sounds like he's kind of arguing in with more competition, right? Um, it sounds like. Well, the consumerist has a very interesting piece explaining the big, the big obstacle to that because the, the thing of it is, I live in Holden, and the most viable option for broadband in Holden that it's reliable enough and fast enough to do something like this is basically CenturyLink's DSL. Yes, I can use satellite to possibly achieve higher speeds, but there are limitations to what satellite can do at the moment. Um, reaction times are way, way, way delayed, so you wouldn't want to play your first-person shooters on a satellite connection. You would, you would not... You would it's not playable and you would lose quite a bit if because of really really high ping times it's because um, Holden decided they were not interested in having a cable provider years ago so uh, it got you know it kind of went by the wayside. But what if Holden decided, okay, we want to create a reliable network for all 2,510 of our resi of our residents? Um, the only problem is, ironically, Charter would likely come in and say, uh, we're not going to let you do that, even though Charter is not going to come in and set up a network because it's not profitable enough for them. I was actually just going to make that point. <laughs> Charter will not do that in a rural area like that. They're, they will make no money. They'll lose money on that. So they're not going to. They're not going to even remotely want to step in. The only thing they're going to do is just push out any other competition. Yep. Um, and and basically, what's you know this has been also reported by the Center for Public Integrity. And they, they can't stand publicly owned broadband. Um, th this consumerist piece goes on to say, quote, they argue that it's subsidized competition they just shouldn't have to face 
earlier this year, an AT&T executive testified in the Senate hearing that we don't believe that private companies should actually compete against public subsidized taxpayer costs to capital in that market. At the same hearing, Comcast exec David L. Cohen agreed that Comcast advocates against municipal broadband whenever they can. Um, the, the, the advocacy is far from sign waving, comment filing, um, Janice Bowling, a state senator in Tennessee, tried to expand an existing public network in, a, in the city of Tullahoma beyond city limits. But after she introduced the bill, her caucus received repeated pressure from AT&T, Charter, and Comcast to drop the bill into a slow season where it would never be voted on. Um, AT&T representative leaned toward her across the table in a conference room next to the House caucus leader's office and said tersely, well, I hate for this to end up in litigation. And just getting the that network in that city built faced an uphill battle. And the, the the mayor at the time, Steve Cope, said when you get that into broadband, you begin stepping on the toes of some of the big boys, the AT&Ts and charters of the world. They don't want the competition. They'll do anything to keep it out. It basically involves spending a lot of money lobbying. Um, and everything else. And so that so the big big thing is that the solution being competition, except you have large companies saying we don't want competition. And I'm going to look up real quick to see because um, memory serves there there was also opposition to Google Fiverr. Um, Let's see. No, I'm. Slate has a piece about cable being laid, but. Wow. So I haven't run into anything yet. Have you read any stories about Google Fiber being opposed by by major? I I haven't heard anything about it, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Especially because Google, uh, I don't even remember what the claims were. I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the uh, on a previous podcast that a person was able to download something at roughly, what was it, 50 or 500 megabytes a second? It was something right. absolutely ridiculous. I cannot remember. But if, if you have a network that is able to transfer something at that fat, that speed, and you bring that to a 
large metropolitan area like Kansas City, you're definitely going to be stepping on some toes. So I can understand why they would have opposition. Okay, BGR has one. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, according to Lacoma, Comcast, and Google are on a collision course that could see Google Fiber soon pop up in several key Comcast territories, Salt Lake City, Portland. Um, basically, Comcast will be under pressure to upgrade its older lines into faster networks. So... Let's and Yahoo News, same piece from BGR. I can't remember. I can't remember reading stories on on anybody being opposed to Google Fiber. It's just the opposition to local government-run ISPs. That's the only articles I've been finding. However, I did find something else interesting. Oh, what's that? Uh, an article by the International Business Times uh, about Google's stance on net neutrality. And then the uh, headline is Google's stance on net neutrality ties with conservative political groups. Worry activists. Okay. Um, Google is also specifically saying that they don't want servers attached to their networks, probably because they're wanting to offer so basically they're they're wanting to offer server services, I guess. Um, so that's, it's a piece from Wired that's talking about that. So what it, what it appears to be so far is just, just, um, just locally municipally run services. Um, what if, what if, what if a grassroots thing popped up instead? Um, like you know how some um, elect people that provide electricity to like people living out in the country or from 
and they're they're basically part of a co-op. Uh, and that that sort of thing that's more of a community type of approach but is non-profit but not connected to government any government necessarily except filing for non-profit status and what have you um, do you think these big ISPs would be opposed to that more importantly would they care I have a bad feeling that they would be opposed to that. Um, well, basically, what you're talking about is having a group, like a, a nonprofit group, um, provide a network or basically do the same services as an ISP would, right? Right. Yeah, I have, I have a bad feeling that they would oppose that. Only because because that would give them more competition. Um, granted that it's, it'd be non-profit, so you probably wouldn't expect speeds that you would get out of another ISP. However, you would probably pay less for the, for, uh, per megabyte or per megabit, rather, of uh, your transfer speed than you would for something from a popular ISP. And, uh, I don't know, it... It's hard to say. Um, and going back to the Sars Technica piece, um, Missouri, uh, public broadband services are generally prohibited except when provided by power utilities. However, public power utilities are permanently prohibited from providing such services. Oh, wait, I'm reading the wrong thing. Uh, I'm reading Nebraska, not Missouri. Cities and towns can't sell telecom services or lease telecom facilities to private providers except for services used for internal purposes, services for educational emergency and healthcare uses, and Internet-type services. So Holden can't set up an ISP. Um Nobody, no other city can set up its own municipal service, um, which is pretty terrible, if you ask me. So I, I, I like the answer of, of more competition. The, the big question is how to go about that, because Google had to spend a lot of money just to get the cables laid in the first place so that eventually people could subscribe to that service. And it's it's all a fiber-rich network. Uh, for, the, for those of you that don't know, uh, fiber optics, it's, it's basically it's able to transfer almost light through a plastic, well, it's basically a plastic, but it's a fiber optic cable. And it transfers things so much faster than a normal copper cable can. And that's why a lot of networks, internal networks for ISPs and char uh, like Charter and other places have been upgrading their hubs, their central hubs, where everybody basically connects to where all the traffic goes through to fiber-based networks instead of co uh, a standard copper wire like your uh, cat 5 or cat 6 cables which which can transfer uh, up to a thousand uh, a gigabit so 
it's 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 very very expensive to create a network based on fiber fiber optics. But once it's once it's done, once that is done, how how costly is it to maintain it? Not near as costly as it would be for a normal, uh, standard uh, copper-based network because it's uh, fiber optics can last pretty much just as long as a copper-based network can. The only the only difference is that your specialized connectors and everything else. The only uh, cost to, of replacements would be any uh, network hubs, routers, and stuff like that. Which, if those get the way that the way a lot of companies have been upgrading their uh, products has been toward um, reliability and longer lasting products rather than something that provides you just brute force speed. And Cisco oh. makes very excellent products. I've messed with some high-end Cisco routers in one of my classes, and uh, it's real reliable. And you, you uh, combine that with a fiber-rich network, you're, you're going to get an excellent network. So that's. So, what do you think the result is going to be from uh, tomorrow's uh, internet slowdown? It's definitely going to open up some eyes. <laughs> I feel uh, like that's. I, I feel like that's probably the basic approach of a giant internet slowdown is to make people see, hey, look, this is what's happening. We want you to know what's going on. So, for you to do that. We're not going to let you look at anything else except for this. <laughs> well, and it, it's it's because what will happen is a if you embed their HTML code into your site for animation banner the their little ba animated banner, it'll say if there were internet slow lanes, you'd still be waiting. Protect internet freedom, demand net neutrality. And you would click it, and boom, it would pop up. And everything else. And I, I actually, I, I did a piece for uh, Muckware before they went to becoming a new site called The Muck, where they expanded coverage into other topic areas. And, what, and one, of the, one of the things that... I, I talked about because I, I, I asked, okay, um, one of the things I asked was about is the FCC the solution for net neutrality? And no, that's not the piece. Um, that's not it. Yes, kills net neutrality. Will it? Will it kill innovation? There we are. And I actually asked the um, um, Electronic Frontier Foundation, and they actually responded. Um, and I, I basically said the following, is it wise to look to these same people to keep net neutrality 
intact. And I'm referring to um, referring to you know violations of the first, fourth, and fifth amendments in the name of national security. Um, basically saying the FF was hesitant over the FCC attempting to pose such rules in the first place because of the history of civil liberties violations. And basically Rebecca Jeske, the media relations director, basically responded to me saying EFF is not surprised at the court's decision. There was much of value in the FCC's open internet principles, and we still think those principles are a good starting point for conversation. But we were deeply concerned that the FCC was attempting to claim broad authority to regulate the internet. No government agency should have that authority. So we are glad this decision clarifies that. As we look towards the future, internet users need to have a pragmatic and open discussion about ways to promote and defend a neutral internet. In the meantime, ISPs must comply with their transparency obligations so that customers can see if their internet providers are giving them the non-discriminatory service they expect them to serve. Um, so, so their their concern is. Um, that they're concerned. They were concerned at the time about uh, government agency like that. Because uh, there, there have been arguments that the FCC needs to not regulate speech. They need to go back to regulating frequencies, et cetera, et cetera. Because if you're on an FM station and you say certain words and the FCC catches you saying those words, you can actually get fined by them. And, and there are people who disagree with that. So there's going to be that conflict there as well. So in short, maybe more competition, maybe nonprofits popping up with solutions of their own. Because how, how many how many how many companies do we have that do the internet backbones? Probably not very many. Um, there's level three. I remember that. Because I think it's like two of them, level three and and one other and one other company. I've heard of level three. I just don't know what the other company is. And I, I'm not finding it within five seconds, so I'm getting irritated. I'm not finding it either. It's only a few companies that act as an internet backbone. Let's see. Level three communications. And 
and the Wikipedia page for that should should um, be able to say which other companies are there too. Um, Tier One Network. And they, they operate in 46. Oh, okay. Here it is. Okay, Tier 1 providers. The largest providers known as Tier 1 providers have such comprehensive networks that they never purchase transit agreements from other providers. Okay, and they list Level 3 Communications, Telius, Sonera, International Carrier, CenturyLink, Vodafone, Verizon, Sprint, and AT&T. So it's only, basically only a handful of companies... Um, that are that are basically doing this. So, so, it, and basically, if too many of these companies go down, uh, guess what? Internet breaks very quickly. But there's little uh, so and you said cognate, right? Or you're not looking at the same page I am. I was looking at the Wikipedia page. No, I did not see that. Okay, I'm looking at DrPuring.net. So, um, Tier One Network. There we go. Looking at the Wikipedia page. So, regional tier list of Tier One networks. It does list Cogent, formerly, formerly some other company, GTT, Deutsche Telekom, Level 3, yep. It's also XO Communications. So this is about how many companies? One, two, three, four, five, six, 13 companies at most. So there, there's so basically these large corporate en entities have all these servers for the internet backbone. So without a citizen-driven internet backbone, too, um, it'd be kind of hard creating competition as well. Because this this is something that's probably bigger than any of Google's networks can possibly be at the moment, from the looks of it. So. All kinds of cool stuff. 
So are you are you going to participate in this event tomorrow or? I'm actually trying to get the code to work on my web page, but I can't get it to work. Can't get it to work right. So. Oh well. I'm not sure how well it would play with uh, WordPress. Otherwise, I seriously would try it. I mean, I seriously would like to try it, but I'm not sure if it would work very well or not. At least not with the website template that I have. And I'm... My poor Chromebook's getting thrashed with multiple tabs open. And of course, come on. Right there, right there. Let's see. That would be my only issue is if it would actually work. I would actually pop it up and say, hey, um, so I think it's it's a good idea to raise awareness of this. And, of course, I get to update the darn thing before. I forgot, new version of WordPress. And more, and more plugins, too. Ah. <sighs> So, so hmm. So, so basically, without without actual net neutrality, we wouldn't be able to do things like have open source projects that would interfere with a lot of things. Um, some people at Netflix, you remember how they had to pay. After the ruling regarding FCC's rules, just so they wouldn't have their stuff uh, throttled, and in fact, I think I can find that article. And this is directly from Level 3's blog, too, um, by the way. And here's the first paragraph. David Young, Vice President Verizon Regulatory Affairs, recently published a blog post suggesting that Netflix themselves are responsible for the streaming slowdowns Netflix customers have been seeing. But his attempt at deception has backfired. He has clearly admitted that Verizon is deliberately constraining capacity from network providers like Level 3, who were chosen by Netflix to deliver video content requested by Verizon's own paying broadband consumers. His explanation for Netflix on-screen congestion messages contains a nice little diagram. Diagram shows a lovely, uncongested Verizon network conveniently color-coded in green. 
It shows a network that has lots of unused capacity at the most busy time of the day. Think about that for a moment. Lots of unused capacity. So point number one is that Verizon has freely admitted, admitted that it has the ability to deliver lots of Netflix streams to broadband consumers requesting them at no extra cost. But for some reason, Verizon has decided that it prefers not to deliver these streams, even though its subscribers have paid it to do so. The diagram then shows this one little bar, suggestively color-coded in red so you know it's bad, and that, that is meant to be Level 3 and several other network operators. That bar actually represents a very large global network, and it should be shown in green since, as we will discuss in a moment, our network has plenty of available capacity as well. In my last blog post, I gave details about how much fiber and how much equipment we deployed to build that network and how many cities around the globe it connects. If the Verizon diagram was to scale, our little red bar is probably bigger than their green network. And... So basically, long story short is Verizon, apparently, Verizon just kept throttling those who were using Netflix. And do, do you have Netflix, and have you noticed any slowdowns? Uh, I do, but mostly when we use Netflix, we're using, we were using my computer for a while. The Blu-ray player also supports having Netflix. It's got a built-in app on it. And I've never had a problem with Netflix. Not on my ISP, anyway. So. Right. Because memory serves, um, Netflix paid Verizon extra money for so-called fast lanes, too. Hmm. Yay, I updated it. <laughs> but, um, and that's part of where that, um, where that uh, conflict's coming as well, is if there's a fat, fast lane, there's going to be a, you know, and there's going to be a slow lane. So, And even, even though they paid Verizon, and this is according to Extreme Tech as well, but both Comcast and Verizon were paid carried streams at higher bandwidths, but um, there, there's still problems, at least on Verizon's end. So... I don't know. It's like I said. I I'm of two minds on it. The large companies need to quit doing this and actually improve their infrastructure instead of just sucking money out of people. <laughs> but on the other hand, government agencies, um, we really shouldn't be relying on them either because they consist of politicians that recently came from 
the private sector and the very same companies that are pulling this stuff in the first place. Um, there have been stories of people switching to like using a virtual private network and noticing that their speeds actually went up. <laughs> um, So, yeah, um, de definitely, definitely, the, the Extreme Tech article will definitely be in the show notes. Um, so, let's say, let's say you and I were to start a grassroots ISP of sorts. How would you go about it, and what technology would you use? Well, if I were to start a new uh, network, I would probably stick with. Uh, I've had experience with Cisco uh, high-level routers and hubs and switches like that, so that that's what I would prefer to start my network with. And then the the other, the only problem in starting something like that is it's going to be a high cost to start off, and then. Providing this service to other people is going to be extremely expensive. So it's we're going to have to need to have to figure out what 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 kind of service do you want to offer to people? Is it going to be localized? Is it going to be a wide widespread network? So that would that would judge on the what kind of technology you would use and stuff like that. Um, if it was a local small network. Then you could probably use fiber and stuff like that. If it was uh, something else, you could use just a standard copper-based network. If it's something like a wider, wider range of networks. Yeah, because like as as I think we've had in previous conversations, um, and everything else, it looks like looks like there's an issue with your microphone. And everything else. Oh, feedback. I take it. Yeah, I was having some issues. Uh, um, a as we discussed in previous conversations, different types of technologies have advantages, disadvantages. Cable. Um, you're 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 competing with your neighbor. But it can expand further. Uh, DSL, you have a more consistent bandwidth, but the further out, further away you are, the the more you know degradation of performance you'll have. Um, so, so where I'm at is perfect because the little CenturyLink building tiny little CenturyLink building is just a few blocks from this apartment complex. So, <laughs> so it's, so performance will be generally very, very decent um, and everything else. But, so the only problems that you would encounter would be anything that's going on remotely with whatever mm -hmm. server you're connecting to. That's, that's not bad at all. No. And, 
and if there's issues with the phone lines as well, then that that'll be that'll that'll be an issue. That that's a potential issue as well. So say it's like storming like crazy or snowing like crazy. Well, those lines may be more vulnerable than say maybe cable that's buried underground to an extent. I, well, it depends. Uh, temperatures won't affect it much. So, and, and depending on how deep it is underground, you won't, you shouldn't have an issue either. The the only time is if it's uh, if it gets to extreme cold temperatures or extreme heat, and then that will affect and cause erroneous and weird signals to be sent. So that that will either slow your network down or whatever. It, it it's hard to say exa- exactly without actually testing it. So it's so basically it's um, so if you wanted to start your own grassroots ISP you would have to start maybe with a mesh network of sorts but then you would have to go to an existing ISP and I don't think they'd be happy about that. <laughs> uh, they definitely wouldn't. Because, <laughs> like, just having just having T one or T three would be extremely expensive um, per year and everything else. So, but one one can dream. Start with a very very small town and and then and then connect with another town. Maybe use a franchising mod, model. Who knows. There's always options. You could also use crowdfunding as a, an example. If somebody else wanted to start up their own network, crowdfunding would not be a bad idea. Yeah, and then become another backbone too, because on the on the one hand, it it kind of irks me that you know major companies are like, oh, well, we don't want to come in to this town because it's not enough money for us. But we don't want them creating their own network because then. We don't want the competition, and and honestly, that is also probably part of the reason why I don't like the idea of living in the country is because of things like that. Um, I don't like the idea of not being able to have access to something like this on a consistent basis, and and it does seem like people who choose to live in smaller communities where people are closer together and everything else are basically punished because they're not in large metropolitan areas. And I don't think that's right either. So, it really isn't. I, I don't, I agree with you, Thomas. I don't, I don't think it'd be right for companies to do that, especially for like, you know, what we were talking about earlier, where a charter would probably step in, in a case of a small town like Holden. Uh, if they decided to generate their own network, Charter would come in and say, hey, we don't like this. We need you to shut this down. And then a week later, they're like, if, if the uh, city government or whatever decided, hey, we want Charter to come here, Charter would be like, I'm sorry. It's not going to benefit us. Why would we come here? So I agree. And, and let... And l- Unless, unless another ISP decides, oh, we'll use these small towns as effective relays to bolster the reliability of our network. 
and let let local consumers come along for the ride too. But well, I don't think people think about that either, or rather, they don't. Um, and and I know there was like it. It's been more of an off-the-cuff conversation, but that's okay. Um, I'm thinking for the next one because we're we're talking about f- the free flow of information, um, net net neutrality, and I I think this should be explored a little bit further because um, it, with some old co-hosts we briefly talked about technology like Tor and and the distribution tails, but we didn't go into as much detail as I would have liked um, in terms of how to get this stuff, how to use it, and maybe experiment with um, you know VPNs and proxy servers. Um, do you have any experience with that? Uh, some experience. I've messed with some proxy server-based websites which would allow me to Loop through and do some things that I wasn't allowed to on a school network a few years ago, and uh, I've been wanting to set up my own VPN, but uh, at the moment I just don't have the time. Between not having the time and not having the need to, so. right? Because like some people use proxy servers to say stream content from the BBC because well they don't live across the pond; they live in the United States or Canada. And so you use a proxy server that basically says, oh, hey, I, I actually live in the UK. It, it's cool. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so um, which, so what, what should we do for the next episode regarding this type of series? Um, kind of privacy-oriented or, or something that allows better access to information? Because you want to talk about VPNs, proxies, or or Tor, or maybe all of them at once. We probably could do a combination of all of, all of it. Uh, start with one thing and then move on to the rest. Maybe talk about net neutrality, uh, find, uh, like uh, kind of like a wrap up thing at the beginning, and maybe discuss what's going to happen or what what are the uh, events that actually happens tomorrow. Maybe you see some. Uh, Articles come up of people's view uh, viewpoints, so that might be something to explore as well. And um, bef- before before wrapping things up uh, for to for this episode, um, I actually have a surprise announcement for everybody. Um, I uh, will be all now writing for um, Centrum. CentralMoNews.net. Um, it's an independent news site started by Andy Lyons. He's the former editor, managing editor of the Meal Skinner. Uh, he decided to go independent. Uh, Mitchell Brown is also a contributor as well. And I was asked, uh, had an initial conversation about writing technology-related pieces. And I'm going to hope to have um, the first one submitted so that it would be published maybe this Thursday because that that'll be that'll be the days to aim for and starting out 
with this week in technology. So, um, so that means I get to keep an eye on on various news sites more and more to kind of go, oh, hey, this is this is kind of what's going on in the realm of technology and what have you. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge, and gives me practice writing some more. So, um, you heard it here first. Yay! Have you seen that site yet? I'm actually looking at it right now because I hadn't heard of it until now. <laughs> but it's, it's very interesting. I like their, uh, the setup of their site. And they got some interesting articles uh, on the first part of their page. So it might be something I'll have to come back to. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's it's really hard starting an independent news site because um, you have the setting the thing up and you know making it work nicely and then you have then you have to build your audience slowly but surely it's and it can get pretty rough so it's so I I wanted to kind of help out a little bit because I I see potential with something like this and. And plus, there needs to be there needs to be more news type stuff relegated to this this part of the this part of the state too, in my view. Because yeah, you have the Daily Star Journal, but they're they're focused on a single county. Um, you have the Mule Schooner, but that's mainly towards the campus, college campus. For UCM, you really don't have any. Th there was the Digital Berg, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's thing still up and running or not. I mean, well, it's still there. It's just. So. So, so it's the more competition argument. It's it's gonna be only a good thing. So, um, so centralmonews.net is is the site in question. Feel free to check it out. It's it's still it's still an ongoing process to where they're updating and improving stuff. So. I think that just about wraps it up because I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we both got things we've got to get done. Oh, like, only a little bit. Like, like, <laughs> like maybe sleep because I saw you yawn a couple times. <laughs> oh, I'm not that tired. I've actually got plenty of energy. I've been sitting down long enough. It slowly just made me calm down a little bit. So. Oh wow. <laughs> well, maybe that means I need to get up and do something. Yeah, and I, I do I do too. My my legs are starting to get numb from sitting on this stool for too long. <laughs> so um that about wraps it up. Um ne next episode definitely talk about proxies, VPNs, uh Tor and how to how to navigate that um how to navigate the internet in that way and and maybe some tips on on uh protecting your privacy to a point. Until next time, entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself, and we'll talk to you next week. 
See you guys later. Later.